You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, a familiar story. Now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses says, I will not turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. I will now turn aside. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, but put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereupon thou stands is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou may bring forth my people and the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of thy fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, Thou shalt, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. This is the account of God telling Moses, just as he tells us, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. We should not be surprised that God would say that to Moses. We should not be surprised when God says that to us because we should certainly recognize that he is telling us that he can see those broken lives on our left and on our right. He can see those that are hurting. He can see those that are struggling. He can see those whose lives are shattered. He can see the empty eyes of those around us and he has chosen us as he chose Moses to be a messenger of hope. He's chosen us to be a messenger of love. He's chosen us to be a messenger of salvation, of goodness to those around us who are oppressed. 
we should not be surprised that God would say to Moses, I am sending you as the one who can tell them something, show them something, lead them somewhere, bring to them freedom, bring to them hope, bring to them restoration. We should not be surprised if he would choose Moses, that he would choose us. Now, I hope that that's no surprise to anyone that he has called us to be that person, to be that messenger, just as he said unto Moses. For Moses to become this man, however, for Moses to become this man who could be sent, who would be ready for, to go back and have this conversation with those around him, for us to be ready to be able to go out and say those things to those around us, we need to recognize a little bit of what happened to Moses that made him ready. First of all, there was a great deal of training to be a leader in the home of Pharaoh. There was a lot that he learned. He was growing all the time in leadership. He was growing in understanding. He was growing in all the things that he could learn there. We, ex we realized that there was a great deal of success and failure. There was obedience and there was deception in the life of Moses. There were powerful encounters as we just read he about here in Exodus chapter 3. There were moments when Moses face-to-face -face encountered God. Each one of those things, getting him ready for the ministry that he had, getting him ready so that he could actually go and tell these people that he was going to lead them, take them, show them he was going to do that. But, and I want us to get this, I'd never really seen this before, but the transforming moment, as I read this, and I looked at everything that had already been done, and I consider all the things that have already been done for you and I, that we have already learned a great deal. We have already understood instruction into leadership and how to be the people that God has called us to be. We have had many encounters already with God. We have, we have seen and been instructed. And I will tell you today, to that point, we have been made ready, but there was something else. There was a step in this that I believe was the transforming moment, and I if God's going to give this, I believe it's because there needs to be a transforming moment in you and I. He wouldn't have brought this message if it wasn't relevant. He wouldn't have brought it here if there wasn't a particular moment of transformation for you and I, just as there was for Moses. The transforming moment that radically changed Moses' life, that will radically change ours as well, is found in verse 10 one that we just kind of typically read over. Come now, therefore, I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. What did that mean to Moses? Where is Moses at this, at this moment when he's at this burning bush? Well, in, in general terms, he's on the backside of the wilderness. Why is he on the backside of the wilderness? Why is he out there tending sheep when just previously 
he was second only to Pharaoh in the kingdom in Egypt. Why is he now out here? Fear. And who's he afraid of? He's afraid of Pharaoh. Because what does it mean for him to go back? It means death. It means standing trial. It means judgment. It means that everything he ever had, including his life, could be taken from him. He was taken back to this place. God was sending him back to this place from which he had been running. He was sending him back to that place to face that which he feared the most. You think that could transform you? I don't care how many lessons you learned. I don't care how many encounters you have had. There will likely not be a transforming moment until God proves that that which you learned, that those encounters that you have experienced are real. And how is he going to do it? He's going to take you back to that place from which you are running. He's going to take you back to that place that you have feared the most. The place that we avoid terribly and we sit on the backside of the wilderness because we don't want to face that moment. We don't want to go back. We don't want to deal with that which we have been afraid of and from which we are running. So God will send you back to the place from which you have been running to face that which you fear the most. Now again, I said at the beginning, there will be some that will hear this and it will be generic and, and, and believe and, and perhaps know accurately that you don't have such a place. But my suspicion, again, is if God's going to give this, give this message this morning that there are some sitting here that just really don't want to go back to that place. So why would God do it? You see, we talk a lot about God severing our past from us. That, that on the cross, he severed our past. That that previous work of our life has been left behind us. So now we would ask this question, why would God send Moses back? Why would God send us back to that place? What would be the purpose does it give him some strange sense of satisfaction? Well, we know the answer to that is absolutely not. God would not send Moses back. God would have been able to somehow say, okay, Moses, you're standing here. The children of Israel are standing here. I want you to go to them and I want you to begin to lead them in preparation for getting them out of Egypt. But that's not exactly what he said. I'm going to send you to them, but what's the route in which I want you to go? I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to go to the king. And, and, I, and if I'm Moses, and it reads very much like this, if I'm Moses, I'm saying, God, telling them is a big enough deal. But now I've got to go announce that I'm going to take them. 
I've got to go announce to Pharaoh that I'm going to take these slaves out of his hands and I'm going to lead them into freedom. God, could we not stop that step? What? Why was that step necessary? What did it do? You see, it wasn't a step that God needed. It was a step that Moses needed. Why would God want you to go back to a place that you were running from, that you feared the most, why would God want any part of your journey to go back to such a place? Because He knows something about you. He knows that some part of your life is still held captive in that former moment. He knows that there is some dread. He knows that there is some brokenness. He knows that there is some fear. He knows that there is something that still has some element of power over you and for you to become all that he wants you to to be as you begin to tell those around you that are oppressed about the freedom that only he can bring. He knows that that message in you will not be formed until you go back to the place that you fear the most as well. How can I tell them if I don't go back there myself? Because he knows. He knows that there's still some hurt. He knows that there's still some dread. He knows that there's still something in you attached to a former moment. He's not doing it as punishment. He's not even trying to teach you a lesson. He's trying to set you free from something still broken. I will tell you most are still running from something that they don't really want to deal with and have worked hard to find themselves on the opposite side of the wilderness, away from that which could hurt them. Why is, what is God's answer to this reluctant Moses? What would God's answer be to a reluctant you if he's sending you back? Verse 12, and God said, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a token unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. He's saying, I'm going to make a promise to you. I'm going to promise that when you have been to that place, when you have done in obedience to, and gone to where I'm taking you, that place that is still crippling you, that place that is still stealing from you, robbing joy from you, creating dread in you, when you get back from that place and the victory that is gained there, I will give you, as he says to Moses here, I will give you this mountain upon which to serve God. I will give you a higher place. I will give you an opportunity. I will give you, which will be a token from me to you. When, upon that victory, I will elevate you into a place of, of ministry. I will lift you up and you will know that you got there because you encountered the moment that you dreaded the most. Now God's saying, I'm not cutting you off from this place. You are cutting yourself off from this higher place. The fear, the dread, the uncertainty, all that you are, are, 
are thinking about, about going back to this place that is broken, this situation, this relationship that is not good. And I don't want to go back there. I don't want to deal with this. But God knows the brokenness that lies there. And he knows what it's doing. And he knows the heaviness that it's creating, the burden that it's creating, the weight that it's creating. And as long as you're carrying it, the new height that he has for you, that which he can see for you, is not because he can't get you there. It's because you're carrying the weight of a former hurt. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? God is calling you and I. We can't get around this. He's saying, I see, for you sitting here this morning, I see the oppressed around you. I see the co-workers. I see the students. I see the friends. I see the neighbors. And I see the heaviness in their hearts. I see the sadness in their eyes, the brokenness in their stories. I see it. God's saying, I see it. But look who I put in the middle of all that. Look at the neighbor, look at the friend, look at the believer that I placed in the middle of all that, of those who were oppressed. It was you, it's you. And I want you to be able to say to them, God sent me to you. I want you to be able to tell them, this is what God says. I love sitting with people. Someone asked me this question, yes, no, on Friday. She asked me this question. She said, can you see me? And I said, absolutely. I can see you. She said, no, I mean, can you really see me? I said, absolutely. I can really see you. And I told her, I said, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I said a few years ago, they got real popular where you could you could buy books of these things, but you could also buy pictures that were in frames. When you looked at it, it was just a crazy set of lines and made no sense. But you stared at it, and you could get your depth of field just right, and there would be a 3D picture that you could immediately see. You remember those? I told her, I said, if I will back up in the spirit and look at you, I can see the entire landscape of your story. Do you know all of us can do that? Every one of us, by the power that God has given us, there's no uniqueness in me. There's no uniqueness in any of us in this regard. I can look at Jeremy, and I can, and, and I can get that right depth of field. I can just stare at him, and all of a sudden, there's a landscape behind him. There's a picture that forms around you. And God lets me begin to see what he sees when he sees you. And I can speak to that. I can speak to the joy you bring. I can speak to the steadiness, the rock that you are, because you're that, that's what forms in the picture. You see, I don't, I, there's nothing magic about it. I just have to say, Father, I need to borrow your eyes for just a second. So I step back in the spirit to get far enough away 
And then God begins to show me. You see, there's, it's not magic. It's just him. So that I can begin to speak to you in the terms of what he sees. And I know what, I know what the words will be. There will be no criticism. There will be no judgment. There will be no sense of disappointment. There will be no frustration because he's not going to address anything that you were because what's the scripture? Old things, what? What happened to him? He passed away. All things have become new. So I'm going to speak to, to Jeremy uh, only that which God would let me see. And isn't that amazing? Because every word that's going to come out of me is going to be a word of love, a word of encouragement. And I'm going to be able to say, this isn't my opinion. This is what God has shown me. These are the words that God gave me. That's life changing. I love being able to say to, to our grandchildren, I love to be able to say, you are remarkable, you're strong, you're so good, you're so kind, you're so loving, you're so, you're so brave. All the words that God would give me and to know that every one of them is true because I want them to hear that before the world has an opportunity to tell them anything else. But I want to be able to tell them, as Moses told these people, that God says in verse 13, uh, and ask that question, God says, you tell them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. We will not go to the oppressed. We will not go to the broken. We will not go until we understand who sent me. Oh, I'm remember. It is, I am that I am. I'm not going on my own. I'm going in his name. There is no great victory simply in facing our old fears. Please remember that. Hear, hear that well. There is no great victory just to go back and face our fears. We could do that. It wouldn't get us much. There is no guarantee of any change simply by returning to, to face an old friend or an old, a family member to go back or face a boss or an employee with whom things that were broken in anger or frustration, there's probably no merit in just going back and facing them or encountering them. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about going back to some, to some moment that you can remember that you have regret about. But there is great victory when the very announcement of your life in that moment when we can go back when we can say, as Moses did, that I am has sent me to you. I could, I could have a hurt between Ryan and I, and I could just go back out of just strength and determination, go back and say, Ryan, we got to make this right. And very likely there will be no healing. We might get past something, but there will be a residue of something that remains. But if I come back, in obedience, and I can say to Ryan, I am has sent me to you. First of all, what will be real with my heart? There will be no anger. There will be no resentment. There will be no, no point I need to prove. There will be no objective that I have. There will be nothing except I am has sent me to you. Because then, 
in the place of any anxiety I would have, I can be walking up to Ryan in peace that passes understanding. Instead of walking up in fear, I can walk up in perfect love. Instead of walking up in anger, I walk up in mercy. If God has sent me to you, then I will be able to to have no expectation of you because God doesn't have any of you. I will tell you, there is great healing. If you'll go back to those old moments, if you go back to those those moments of hurt, those moments when when something didn't go well, a place that you don't want to go back to and a place that you're actually running from and a place... When you think about it, it brings hesitation and fear, but you go back into that moment, not to just say, okay, I got to go, go face this, but you go, you go back because God sent you. I, I wish Danny was here. Danny's mother fell and had to have surgery, broke seven ribs and her arm how many times? Two or, two or three, yeah. So that, Danny had, went to hell, but I, I wish Danny was here because I'd have him stand and tell a story. And I can only remember parts of it. But Danny shared a testimony several years ago that God brought back of something that he had done years ago. I think something that he had taken that wasn't his. I don't really remember all the details. But God brought that back to him. And I don't even remember how many years it had been, but it's a long time. Now, why would God ask Danny to go back to this place Because God knew that there was something, a a residue still in Danny of an old old moment. Now, Danny could have gone back and just said, I'm here to face the consequences. And he knew that there could be consequences. He didn't go back, though, to face the consequences. He went back because I am sent him back. There was an, he shared another moment, another, a financial moment. I think it was the other way. Somebody owed him something. I can't, again, can't remember the details. I'll get him to share it. But, but the confrontation between Danny and this person wasn't because Danny wanted to go and make something right. It was because Danny could say, I am sent me. I want to tell you, there's a life-changing experience when we can go back to those places of fear, those places from which we've been running, and say in that moment, I am sent me. I am. It wasn't a good idea. It wasn't something I came up with my own. on my own. I am here because I am has sent me to you. Oh, the difference the transforming moment that it creates in us when I now can say I'm free from that which I feared the most, that which I had been running from for so long that I didn't want to deal with, that I can look now and say, I'm not going back to just to try to make things right. I'm going back because I am, has sent me back there to extend grace, to show mercy, to seek forgiveness, to speak encouragement, to release compassion, to walk in perfect love. I am has sent me back here to speak of hope, to speak of transformation, to speak of deliverance, to speak of salvation, to speak of renewal. He will send you back 
to heal from a former hurt. He will send you back to bring healing to a former hurt of someone else. He will heal you and you will be a messenger of healing. I would ask you in this moment, if you have such a moment, if you have it, ask God, don't get determined, ask God to take you back so that you can overcome that dread, that fear, that uncertainty of a former moment. If you have them, God is calling you to go back and say within yourself, I am has sent me and walk in the victory. Tell others, walk in the victory. Lead the oppressed to freedom. That was Moses' call. That is our call. But you need, the lessons have been taught, the encounters you've experienced. So much has already been done. The training, the preparation, now the moment, the transforming moment when we go back to the place from which we're running to face that which we have feared the most. Father, thank you this morning for such a powerful reminder because I can think back to so many of those in my life. Moments, Father, that you have taken me back. You have taken me back to experience victory over an old hurt, over an old word, over something that happened in work, something that happened years ago, something that has happened in my life or the life of others. Father, you have taken me back so many times and I can stand here, Father, and say how amazingly faithful you have been in each of those moments when I can say you sent me back there. Thank you, Father, that we can walk today as we do in an incredible freedom over so many things, so many moments that, that we can look back on. But Father, I would just ask this morning if there are still some that are hidden, if there's still that hurt in a life, something that we are running from, people that we just don't want to run into. If we see them in, in Leveland, see them here in town, we just want to avoid them. It tells us, Father, that there's an old hurt there. It tells us that there's still something that holds us in bondage. It's just, a, it's just a, a piece of information, Father, that you give us to let us know that there's still a former hurt. So, Father, make us aware. Let us see these so that we can put them before you and then be able to say, the I am has sent me back. The I am has sent me to you to bring encouragement to bring healing, to bring forgiveness, to bring transformation, to bring restoration. Father, thank you this morning for this message so powerfully displayed when you told Moses, I want you to go tell Pharaoh, the one that could take your life, that you feared the most, that you had been running from all, that he had been running from all the way to the backside of the wilderness, that he was there in that moment and obedient to do exactly what you said. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for teaching us this morning and bringing this message 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.